It's a new year, welcome to 2022. This is the year that we start making a difference when it comes to our finances. If you haven't done anything last year or you were working towards it, now is the time to really switch into year to make that happen. One of the biggest goals that you might have is to buy a property this year in Australia. It's becoming so difficult, especially with affordability concerns. So in this video, I wanna break down with my trusty whiteboard here, which is pretty much an iPad, is to actually showcase to you how easy it is to get started with property and how I would be starting from scratch in 2022. If you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now in this video, we're gonna go through some of the main points that I think you need to consider before you buy property in Australia in 2022. We've just come off two years of huge amounts of growth. If you haven't already, check out this video, which I've got a link in the description below, as well as a video that pops up here around what's happened in 2021 before going through this. It's very exciting when you get into Jan and you're thinking, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna to do this I've got my new year's resolutions but we need to take time and just calm down we need to understand what are we doing this year and why it's important to have some specifics to consider before we buy property so let's jump in so if we're starting from scratch in 2022 what is it that we need to do well before we go out and we start looking on realestate.com I think these are the four main things that we need to consider when going through that we've obviously got the deposit this is the biggest barrier to entry when it comes to buying real estate you need to have a large amount of deposit and then a lack of education means that we're probably working towards 20% deposits in a blue chip suburban area near the capital city which means we're like 200 or 300k we need to save up before we can even buy a property but that's not the case i'm going to break down those numbers in a second but the deposit is something to consider how do we get there and be very accountable when it comes to how much you can save during this period of time the next is then following on and figuring out what your borrowing capacity is having a chat with a bank or a broker before you actually want to get started is something that i recommend to everyone it's important to understand what the bank views you as rather than you thinking in your own head that yes i can do this and by march i can borrow again if you're able to go and have a chat with a broker or a bank institution, then it gives you an idea of what next moves you can have. And that really ties in with what your strategy is. It's not good enough now, especially with so much information being out there. I've got over 180 videos on this channel that you aren't focusing on the strategy, the core elements of why you're doing this. It's not, oh, I wanna build passive income. That's just not good enough. Because if we think, oh, we can build passive income and then you go out and buy one or two properties, you don't realize in line with your risk appetite and your risk profile, that might not be the right move for you. So that's something to consider. And that's why I've got these four as my main things to consider before even looking on realestate.com. Now we move through and we say, okay, let's say we've considered those things. We have a bit of a strategy, whether that's a strategy session with myself, or you've gone out there and you've put everything down on paper and you've spoken to your accountant as well as your mortgage broker and you're ready to go. So first thing is, we're obviously trying to save the deposit. We then are going to refine the strategy before we even start researching. This is very important. You need to refine the strategy and look at not just the best case, not even the moderate case, we've got to also consider the worst case. This is why I personally didn't go down the path of getting a first home buyer's grant, buy a property for myself and thought, hey, this would be a good idea. Why? Because as part of my risk profile, I didn't really want to have a liability being a house or a unit where I didn't have income coming through. And it relied on my income from my salary 
to really hold that mortgage and be able to make those repayments. That to me was too much risk. I see a lot of people going out and taking a you know 98% loan or 95% loan against a house just to get in. And this is where I think it really comes down to your strategy of going, well, if you do wanna own a home, doesn't mean you need to buy the house straight away. You can go and say, well, I can live in areas I like by renting, invest my money in growth assets, whether it's crypto, shares or real estate, and then come back around in three to five years when I know a little bit more about myself, what I wanna do, if I'm looking at having kids and starting a family, I know what I'm getting myself into versus going in, buying a house because everyone just told you that was a good idea. Now, research and pre-approvals will pretty much happen at the same time because there's no point going out and researching for properties when you really don't know what you're looking for. When the bank is going, you can't even borrow that much. The research component is more about understanding where the market is and on a macro timeframe, what has been happening in this market and why. That's when I say research is key. When it comes to pre-approvals, that's gonna allow you to understand how much you can borrow when it comes to buying your first property this year. Once we move from there, we can go into actually purchasing the property. Now the buying process for anyone that hasn't been through it can actually be quite confusing, but if you have the right people around you, it can be quite easy. For us, we deal with a lot of clients that come in and they've never bought property before. They come in and we walk them through that process. If you are interested in the buyer's agency, there's a link to the website where you can find out more information as well as book a strategy session in the coming weeks. So let's say we've gone out and we've done all those things. We've got the strategy, we know the risk profile. We're going out there and purchasing property. What do the numbers look like? Well, I've got a video here that describes all your upfront costs as well as your deposit amounts. So definitely go check out that video. It does give you a clear picture of what goals you need to work towards. And I'll leave a link over here as well as in the description below. But essentially, if you're coming in and you've got $70,000, I can buy my first property in Q1 of 2022. You go out there, you find the right property and you purchase the property. Now, if you've got a buyer's agent, obviously this process is a lot easier, but it's not impossible without one. Then from there, you've gone, okay, well, I'm gonna focus on really building out my wealth. And how I'm gonna do that is I wanna buy more real estate. So I could save another $40,000 throughout the year. Then if I've bought well, I should have bought under market value or very close to market value and then be in an area that's actually going to experience a supply shock as well as that a price appreciation. So a combination of our savings plus the equity and the positive cash flow allows us to get to our second deposit a lot quicker. So we go out there and we say, okay, well, I only then need about $30,000 from the equity plus the cash flow from the property, the first one I bought, and then I've got the $40,000 that I've actually saved up myself. That combination will give you the $70,000 that you require to purchase your second property. So let's say you go and purchase your second property in Q3 or Q4 of 2022. This is looking like a pretty good year. If I say right now, would you accept to buy two properties later this year, by the end of 2022, I think everyone's putting their hands up and saying, well, this is a pretty good plan. Now where it really starts developing and you start looking at numbers logically is here. Let's say you do start with 70K, which is what we said in the beginning. That allows you to buy a property for $330,000 in Q1 of 2022, okay? Now, property number two, let's just keep it simple and let's say that's also $330,000, but we do this in Q3 or Q4 of 2022. This means that the value of P1 and P2, being property one and property two, is actually $660,000. Now, yes, you have debt against this asset value, but we're not focusing on that for now. 
What we're focusing on is the true asset value. And this is why the rich get richer because they understand how to use debt efficiently. I'm not saying go out there and take on heaps amounts of debt. Obviously, I can't give you financial advice because I don't have a fancy piece of paper that apparently tells me that I can and can't do those things. But what I'm saying is that we need to understand that what we got taught around debt and taking on debt is a bad thing is wrong. If we know how to use debt like the rich do, then we're able to attain huge amounts of wealth quite quickly. It's very important to have your strategy, having your risk profiles and emergency buffers in place before going down this path. But if we go down this path and we say, okay, well, option one is the $70,000 I've saved to purchase my first property, plus the $40,000 I'm gonna save later this year would mean that I'd have $110,000. With the $110,000, if I didn't buy property, if I've been taught that, hey, debt is bad, I don't wanna get debt, I'll go down the path of buying ETFs because that's what everyone on TikTok's been saying, well then I'm averaging about a 7% return. That means after one year, I'll have made $7,700 on the $110,000 I've saved, okay? Now option two is if I was to go ahead and use that as part of the plan we've just discussed to go and purchase those two properties, that means that we're controlling $660,000 worth of asset value. If we conservatively grow at 5%, keeping in mind the last two years was a bit of an outlier at 20 and 30% growth, but if we grow at 5%, that would mean a $33,000 return versus the 7,700. Now, this is where a lot of people might jump into the comment section and say, well, uh, you're comparing shares with real estate again. Well, yes, I am. Because that's pretty much what most people are looking at doing this year. Go in, build your ETFs, and in 40 years time, retire on a couple of million dollars. I'm just showcasing that there are other options. Whether that fits in with your risk appetite or not, it really comes down to yourself. For me, this is the path that I took. A lot of clients are also doing the same thing, but at the same time, I say to people, diversify, learn about different things, whether that's investing in yourself, whether it's investing in ETFs or collectibles, really understand different markets because you can't just go out and buy property all the time. It's not always gonna be a great time. Same thing with shares and same thing with crypto. So if you can understand how different asset classes work, you're really going to be able to grow your wealth this year and why it's so important to be able to still make that move this year. And knowing the opportunity we actually have is why I'm so excited that you're watching this video. If you have enjoyed this, drop a like for this video and share this with someone that's been holding you back from purchasing property, whether that's your parents, your siblings, or your partner. If you have enjoyed this, press subscribe and drop a like for the video. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.